Welcome in, March Madness. I mean, it's been March for a little while, but March Madness is here, fellas. Trent Bally, Brennan Shabath, Luke Sloan. This is the Impact This Zone podcast, everybody's favorite spot, everybody's favorite source for Michigan State men's basketball. We got quite a few national storylines to talk about today, fellas, but first of all, how are we doing? Like I said, it's it's been March for about two weeks now, but now it is March. And Brennan, I can tell you're over there having a good time, playing with the numbers, crunching the numbers, doing your thing. Sloan still has spring fever. Brendan hasn't left his room in like three days. Like since since we're recording today on a Tuesday at about 7, since the bracket was released on Sunday at about 5, 6 o'clock, this is actually the first time that that Brennan Shabath has left his room. (laughs) Well, you know what? He actually has left his room, but it's been to play basketball. Yes. 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 the game related. He so. has That's all it is. He's got numbers, statistics, schedules, yes. photos taped up on the walls <laughs> all over his room with yep. with with tacks and strings. Yes, it's just absolute chaos, but it's beautiful chaos. We didn't get this week last year. Gorgeous. We chaos. never we never, we never got made that it this far. No, we didn't get that that feeling of anticipation of filling out the... We didn't get a bracket last year. We did not year. get Greg Gumbel's beautiful voice. Yes, oh my God. Since 2019, for the first time since 2019, I was sitting there and I was like, the, I, you get you get emotional. When that, when this that, is why people love sports. Like I know it sounds cliche, but like people make fun of you for getting all emotional. It's like, oh, nah. this is yeah. why. Yeah. It's when, awesome. When I that always, music comes on and that logo with the brackets pops yes. up and it, those March Madness, oh. I'm yes, a sucker chills. for nostalgia. Like, yeah. like when one shining moment happens here in about a month, I might cry. I mean, every year See, I'm I, not. I'm not a one shining moment. Every guy. Ryan Collins, we I think we had this conversation once. Yeah. Friend of the podcast, Ryan Collins. I'll have to talk well, that, to him about this. He cries during one shining that's, moment. That's his favorite song of all time. Like his favorite song is "One Shining Moment" really? by Luther Vandross. Yeah, he'll really. Play, hmm. Wow. Like, you know what? He's the type of guy he'll like play one shining moment on the speaker. I got a video of him doing that. At, we were after we after Michigan State beat Indiana. I was at his house. We we're hanging out, and and he started playing one shining moment on the speaker. Like that's, hey, that's the kind of guy Ryan. Collins you gotta is. live it. You gotta eat it. You gotta breathe it. You gotta sleep it. I'll I inject love it. it. I'll inject it into my veins. I think it's a little gimmicky. Once but it's a fun. year though. Yeah, I only watched the 2001. Really, see, but for obvious reasons for Collins. You can't. I wouldn't want to play it other than March because wouldn't it get kind of old? I mean, you think of one shining moment. You hear that song like once a year, and it's when they play it on the CBS broadcast after the game. Christmas music. It's like you you play it once exactly, and then you're done. Well, shout out to Ryan Collins. It is his 22nd birthday today. Yeah, happy birthday! So happy birthday to Ryan Collins. But fellas, let's dive into it, shall we? Michigan State. Boy, oh boy, do we have a lot to unpack here. You got three guys who cover the team all season, so you will not find better opinions anywhere. Than on this podcast right now. So if you have friends or are interested, pause the podcast right now, send it to them, and we're going to spread the word here. Good opinions only. We're the Spartan Prophets. Good opinions allowed only. We're we're not just the, the, the Spartan Prophets. We're the... We're the college basketball oracles. Well, you know, we've been biting, we've been chomping at the bit to do a lot of college basketball. We got yes. a lot of college basketball. And, and Brendan, up. Brendan Shabath is without a doubt going to have a perfect bracket this year. So I will say that right now. This is this is. Factual It's a given. Yeah. He's been given. saying we sleep in May since November, so he's got to. He's been saying we sleep in May since last May. Yes. yes. So let's dive right into it, fellas. Michigan State receives a number 11 seed in the selection show last Sunday, set to play UCLA at 9.57 p.m. on Thursday. But here's the kicker, fellas. It's a first-four matchup, a.k.a. a play-in game. And that had the Twitter universe irate. Not even just the Spartan homers. Everyone who follows college basketball knew that this was a little bit 
of a weird thing going on. Um, but if the Spartans do win, they will set. They're set to take on number six BYU in the round of 64. Um, our first question on the docket here, and Brennan, I'll go to you first. Why do you think MSU was put in the first four? Because for me, I can't believe that they couldn't find a more obvious, a less obvious, I should say, money grab than Michigan State versus UCLA, two top ten programs ever in prime time on the first day of the tournament. It's a money grab. It's a disgrace. Yeah. Michigan State deserved to be ranked higher, in my opinion. But, Brendan, why is Michigan State in the first four? Why the hell is Michigan State in the first four? I wish I had an answer for you. I don't get it. It really didn't. When I'm sitting there in my bed watching the selection show live, waiting to fill out the article um, that I was writing for on Michigan State seating, I see, you know, different I'm look I'm looking at the first 10 and 11 seeds and who they're going to be, all right? So the first one that came out, the first 11 seed was Wichita State versus Drake. Two teams that I think Michigan State is personally better than. Wichita State has had a better season in a relatively lesser conference. Drake has had a great season, but again, that's the the MVC. You don't know about that. The next 10 seed that came out was VCU. VCU's been solid this year. So I thought It'd be interesting. And the fact that Maryland beat Michigan State twice in two weeks in the Big Ten tournament, I figured they'd be ahead at least one spot. So I was really waiting to see where Maryland came out. Figured that's where Michigan State would be. I expected them to be an 11. And then comes out Utah State, the second 11 seed we see. And it's like, okay, Utah State is a team that Michigan State is definitely better than. And that's when you knew, too, that's the that's a team that State. is firmly on the bubble, and that's when you yeah. knew that Michigan State was going to make it, but and it was just a matter of where. Utah State was much more on the bubble than Michigan State exactly. was, despite exactly. their loss to Maryland. And now Michigan State, there were a couple bid stealers with Creighton losing the Big East tournament and other teams like that. Uh, Colorado. And then, Colorado, too, yeah. And then uh, Virginia Tech comes out as the second 10 seed we saw. They're a little bit better than Michigan State, I think. Um, and then the kicker was in the next region, we see San Diego State versus the 11 seed Syracuse. I saw Syracuse and thought the next 10 seed in that region would be Maryland and Michigan State would be a, an 11 seed in the last region. Obviously, we know Rutgers came out. I really, obviously, we'll get into Syracuse and how Michigan State deserves to be ranked higher than them. But Rutgers to me is, is a weird one because. Sure, Rutgers blew out Michigan State at home, but Michigan State beat Rutgers in their own gym as well, so they traded the season series, and then you look at the resume, they don't exactly match up as far as top five wins, quad one wins, all this stuff with a team like Rutgers. So, you know, I'm not surprised that Maryland is a 10 seed, and I'm not surprised that Michigan State is an 11 seed. I'm just surprised they have the play-in. It doesn't make much sense to me. As opposed to Syracuse. Yes. In, in particular, and I think you agree, that's the big head scratch. Now, there, there's more to it than just flip-flopping two teams, but it right. is, for this one and this year and this situation, it's pretty clean-cut, in my opinion. Now, you know, mind you, Michigan State probably got a little lucky with that draw. I think they'd rather be where they are now having to play BYU in the first round rather than a San Diego State team who I think has three losses all year. So, you know, Syracuse might get unlucky and just lose in the first round anyways. But, you know, Michigan State having to play, you know, 
if they win seven games right. in, in a month or whatever. It's just the sentiment. Win it's the seven sentiment that and... you have to win the play to even get a chance at BYU. And, you know, if you if you come out against UCLA and you have a bad day, it's like this is the whole point of March Madness is win or go home. It's the fact that I think they've proven that they can beat some of the best teams in the country. Right. That's why the they bar's up here. And, and I'll tell you right now, if Michigan State is the 11 seed, indeed, if they beat BYU and they, they're or if they beat uh, UCLA and they're set to take on BYU, would it be Saturday? I, yeah. I think the whole nation is going to pick that, pick the Spartans over the. Oh, that's the, a yeah. that's a heavy favorite yes. one. I think the that's Matt a heavy Arms favorite revenge game. Despite Michigan, despite who wins Michigan State UCLA, I'm still right. probably taking the 11, the 11 seed in that seed. one regardless. Well, Sloan, let's get you in the mix here. What, what, what's the deal? Why are the Spartans in the first four? Well, you know, if we were live on air right now, this would be called bad radio. But I want to run the gamut of both these teams' schedules, just to illustrate, I think, all of our point on this podcast. Get them, Sloan. Go get them. I think we can all agree. All right. Sloan's making orange juice over here. Hey, the juice is worth the squeeze in this situation. Syracuse, no pun intended, the orange. Exactly. Love Obi the orange, by the way. Life gives you oranges. Great mascot. So no offense to Obi the orange. No offense to anybody at Syracuse. I have many. I have friends that go to Syracuse. I have my, my cousin goes to Syracuse. So no offense to the orange. But here we go. This is the wins, the schedule of wins for Michigan State. Eastern Michigan, go Eagles. Notre Dame, Duke, Detroit, Mercy, Western Michigan, Oakland, and then some losses. Nebraska, Rutgers, and then some more losses. Nebraska again, Penn State, Indiana, at Indiana, by the way. Illinois, Ohio State, Indiana again, Michigan, and then they lost to Maryland in the Big Ten tournament. But you think, okay, they beat Indiana a couple of times. Obviously, Ohio State, Illinois, Michigan. Let's compare that to Syracuse. Wins against Bryant, Niagara, Ryder, got smoked by Rutgers, beat Boston College, Northeastern, Buffalo, Georgetown, looks a little bit better, Miami, terrible, Virginia Tech, that looks decent, but then got killed by Virginia, beat a garbage NC State team, beat a garbage NC State team again, beat a garbage Boston College team, beat a garbage Notre Dame team. A lot of garbage out there, isn't there, Sloan? Then they beat North Carolina, which looks decent. They beat Clemson, which looks okay. And then they beat NC State again. So you think... You look at the two and you see quad one wins all over Michigan State's resume and you don't see... Uh, what was what was two, and quad one? The two wins that really like... Really the three wins that pop out are Georgetown, who at the time was not playing well. They didn't right. have a good regular season. It's got hot. North Carolina... And Clemson, who were a seven and an eight seed. So, I believe I saw Cuse is like what? Don't hold me to it. I think they were like one and eight in quad one. They're one, they're one and seven in quad one. And what was MSU? Five and ten. So what are we doing here? That's, Stat, what plus, the hell are we doing here? Stack, can, it's ACC in the Big Ten. You can just stack three games up too. I mean, think about it. Compare Illinois, Ohio State, and Michigan to North Carolina, Clemson, and Georgetown. Not close. And there. and and oh, NC State. You know, I think Virginia, beat I think, NC I think State Virginia in the Tech, tournament. I think Virginia Tech would be their other notable win in that one, probably. Yeah, you could probably kick them and put Georgetown in, but I think two wins against Indiana might equate to one Virginia Tech or Georgetown win. Yeah. If you know, I'm not in the the the, game, the business of doing math here, but I do completely agree you with. You kind of are. Yeah, we kind of math are for Come journalists. On. Metrics. So I I agree with with both of you gentlemen that I think that this is not the 11 seed that this team deserved. I think they deserve to be automatically in the field. But building on Brendan's point once again, 
A 6-11 v matchup for this team against San Diego State, a good San Diego State program that was going to be a two-seed in last year's tournament. I don't think that's going to be as favorable as a play-in game versus, in my opinion, pretty garbage UCLA, and then a, a game versus BYU, who I think is, is incredibly overrated as a six-seed. So in terms of the draw, I think Michigan State got the better draw out of the Michigan State and Syracuse debate. But I think that Syracuse got the the favorable seating. And then, you know, you can make arguments about, you know, we, we talked a little bit, you know, before we started recording about Rutgers. You know, hey, if they beat Maryland once, they'll take Maryland's seed. You know, there were really a lot of balls in the air this weekend and for Selection Sunday. You mentioned Michigan State's draw and how much better it is than Syracuse, I think. And I, I just want to add, though, Michigan State got the better draw between the two teams. But... I think that draw extends for two games because then if you win against BYU, they play Texas. If they somehow beat Texas, they're going to play UConn or Alabama. If they somehow do that, they're going to play Florida State, Colorado, or Michigan. If they somehow do that, they're going to play Gonzaga, Iowa, or Kansas. So in my opinion, the region that Michigan State in is by far the hardest region of the four in the bracket. So to counter that, though, a little bit. You know, if they were in Syracuse's position, it'd be 11 v. 6 against San Diego State. And then if they were to win that game, they would play Bob Huggins, West Virginia Mountaineers. That would, as I'd a four seed. play West Virginia than Texas, though. Ooh, interesting. I, more on that to come, but I don't, that's a great question. Texas has a lot more weapons that are tailored to Michigan State's pitfalls, in my opinion. That's true. It might be a, might be a worse matchup. Yeah. But in terms of right now, I don't know. I'm a little more scared of uh, of Bob Huggins. I mean, I, wh- and I love I Shaka. I What's going to happen when Shaka and the Longhorns get on this stage? I mean, I know they won the, the Big 12 tournament last week, but, you know, they haven't had any success with Smart in March. You know, compare that to Huggins. You know, I like Deuce McBride a lot. I like some of the pieces that West Virginia has. You know, they're both Big 12 teams, so it's really an interesting comparison to make. I mean, looking even further down the line, you know, that's the the region where Illinois is the one, you know, Houston is the two, you know, Alabama is the two in Michigan State's region, so I think Houston would be the favorable two, but Illinois would not be the favorable one the, against Michigan at this point. The benefit, in my opinion, that Texas has, and, and this is something that I'm paying attention to as I fill out my bracket, is intra-conference matchups, right? The Big Ten beats the hell out of each other, and the Big 12 does it too. So I get really pissed off when I have West Virginia and Oklahoma State meeting in the Elite Eight because that's a coin flip. I get pissed off when I have Baylor and Texas Tech meeting in the Elite Eight. It's a coin flip. Texas has the advantage of the fact that they're probably not going to face a Big 12 team in their region. Oklahoma State has West Virginia in there. You know, you never know how that shakes out. And that's why I'd be more scared of Texas. Now, we can get into this a little bit later. Texas yeah. has to worry about Abilene Christian first. There's some numbers behind that one that are a little bit scary, but I still think Texas gets it done. But as far as, you know, bringing it full circle back to Michigan State, they got the better draw for, I think, the first round. And then after that, it's going to be a long uphill battle should they continue to win games. Well, let's talk about that because uh, before we get too far into the national stuff, and trust me, we will, we're going to talk some Michigan State here. How far do we have them going? We'll make some predictions for the UCLA game, and then we'll spin it all nationally. So, guys, you know, Luke, I'll go to you first on this one. How far can the Spartans realistically get? You know, they came in hot. Everyone knows about those three signature wins at the end of the season, but then they kind of got wild by Maryland. They've had a week off. They stayed in Indianapolis. How far – 
do you have the Spartans going? I know you might not have filled your bracket out yet, but what do you think? You know, I, I you know, we were talking about this a little bit pre-podcast. I'm still in the the reflection phase of filling out an NCAA tournament bracket, and I'll probably be in the reflection phase for another you know, 24 to 48 hours here as we approach Thursday in these play-in games. But thinking about this first matchup for Michigan State, UCLA versus the Spartans, you know, people make a lot about you know, the fact that UCLA has six scores that all score in double figures. Mick Cronin, you know, I respect him a lot as a coach. You know, he's got, you know, Izzo in his press conference today talked a lot about how Cronin has, you know, the Midwest values of toughness and grit and discipline. And he's kind of brought that to a West Coast program that's usually a little bit more high flying. So I respect a lot what, what Cronin has done. And this team has a lot of really good depth. But I think when you look at this playing game, and we can break it down a little bit more once we get more toward predictions, but UCLA plays the same as Michigan State. They don't have a dominant big. Michigan State doesn't have a dom- dominant big. They play a lot of guards and wings. They switch a lot of stuff on defense and on offense that, you know, they're just kind of a team that, that you know, runs some crisp sets, you know, you know, prides itself on, you know, cutting really well and doesn't really have one guy that's going to destroy you. So, in terms of breaking down that matchup, I think it's favorable for Michigan State. There's not a big they need to worry about. You know, Lord knows all all the bigs they've gone through in the Big Ten. Like, you know, they beat three of them down the stretch and Dickinson and uh, Kofi Coburn and EJ Liddell. No big to worry about. No really explosive score to watch out for. You know, UCLA is going to be able to switch everything on defense and they're, they're going to play tough and they're going to play together. That's kind of the hallmarks of, of Mick Cronin. But... You know, ultimately, I see the Spartans winning in the first four. You know, we'll talk about it and make more specific predictions in a few moments. And, you know, there's the UCLA factor as well. You know, 13-6 and six in the Pac-12. I mean, it is the Pac-12. Conference I mean, of Champions, says Bill Walton. I, I know it's the Conference of Champions. Yeah. I know that, you know, love Oregon State. Great story. The Beavers coming out of the conference tournament. But it's not. It's... Of the Power Five conferences, it's the worst of the five in By terms a wide of, margin. of basketball mm-hmm. strength. By a wide margin. Yeah. So I think that's a factor as well. So I have them beating UCLA, and then so I think there's one to answer your question, and then BYU will be a second one. You know, I think there can be an argument made that of the six seeds, BYU is the weakest of the six seeds. So that is a favorable draw for Michigan State in that regard. Matt Harms, former Purdue center, is a center for BYU, so it could be the Matt Harms revenge game potentially, but. BYU, not a ton of offensive firepower. You know, they shot the lights out in the first half of the WCC championship game against Gonzaga, so people got a little bit excited, but they completely collapsed in the second half. I think they're overrated. I think they're seated too high, and I think that'd be a second win. So beyond that, you know, we'll have to get into more specifics later, but I think two wins is pretty comfortably penciled in for the Spartan team. All right. Brennan, you yeah. better have some Kempom for me right now. Oh, I've been staring at it for Bring like it out, five Brendan. minutes. He's got, are you kidding me? He's got like eight lists above his bed inject in his bedroom. It, inject that Kempom into my veins, This Brendan. man has not slept How in far? three days. I'll, I'll, I'll give the listeners a disclaimer right now. Every stat for the next however many minutes this monologue is, is according to Ken Palm. So, so you don't have to keep saying that, it. That's yes. your disclaimer. Yes. It's in that's fart. That's the disclaimer. At so Shabbat, how, far, two. how far the Spartans get? Yeah. Ken Palm is in the Twitter bio now. That it was is. suggested on this podcast. It was suggested by Trent Bally, and it found its way in there. So it be written, so it be done. I liked that a lot. <laughs> I like that. Maybe I'll title the na- I'll title this episode that maybe. There we but, go. But Brendan, um, give it to us. But yeah, so I think UCLA... Uh, that's the one team whose Ken Palm uh, team sheet I didn't pull up. 
I think that's a pretty easy win for Michigan State. Okay. They found their way to a couple wins this year, and there's the Mackey. As you mentioned, Luke, a lackluster Pac-12, so. Don't forget about the Mackey effect. Izzo mentioned that during the press conference today, and it's kind of been talked about a little bit, but. Yeah. They seem to, you know. I don't know how much credibility that has. For those of you that haven't heard it, it's the fact that Michigan State, it's the belief that Michigan State has an advantage over UCLA due to the fact that they've played in Mackey Arena before. They and never might, play well. You there. might add that, that, yeah, they haven't played very well. Obviously, <laughs> well, I, have, they haven't won there since like 2014. Yeah, so I has to do with like Purdue and the fans and stuff. And this is going to be very different, and it's a different team. But you know, I'm kind of just disregarding the locations for this entire tournament, as, as we probably should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't think the familiarity of the basket is really going to give one team enough of an advantage to really pull out a win. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> totally kidding. It's the home field advantage, like baseball. It's like half home field. It's a, the yeah. interconference advantage. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, soft take on my part. Kind of, kind of picking, kind of, kind of picked at that one. Low no, hanging no, but fruit. But that's the thing about it is, like, okay, maybe Michigan State has an advantage over UCLA in that regard. I think Michigan State's going to win anyways. So you know, you mentioned that UCLA doesn't really have any standout bigs. Neither does Michigan State, but I think their bigs are better. I think Michigan State has more potent leaders uh, in Josh Lankford and, and uh, Aaron Henry. Who knows if Rackett Watts steps up. There's not really a whole lot to say about this UCLA game for me. We've seen Michigan State lose games like this, though, so it wouldn't surprise me if they go out there and lose this game. This game, uh, when it opened on the betting lines, was a pick em. You know, There was nobody favored. It was the only of the four play-in games that didn't have at least a favorite to, to start the the betting lines, but I think Michigan State pulls it off. And then BYU is an interesting matchup for me. BYU shoots the ball beautifully, and they, they, they do a lot of things really well. They're 28th in adjusted offense at uh, 1.1 points per possession right now, 26th in defense. Um, their effective field goal percentage, 21st in the country. They shoot the three really well, 35th in the country at 37.3%, but Michigan State defends it really well, too, holding opponents to 31.5% shooting on the year. And the interesting thing to me about BYU is it's it's a weird it's it's hard to predict how this game's gonna go because of the way they match up is the fact that BYU scores well and Michigan State defends well. It's one of the only things they do. You know, BYU shoots the three well and Michigan State defends it well. BYU doesn't force turnovers, and Michigan State turns the ball over a lot. So I think the advantage kind of leans towards Michigan State and the fact that, in my opinion, the first two factors match up. Scoring and three-point shooting, defense and defense for Michigan State. And then the fact that BYU doesn't force turnovers. They're 322nd in the country in uh, turnover percentage um, this season. Michigan State turns the ball over a lot. I think a lot of that has to do with the conference that they play in. It's a very tough Big Ten that's defensive uh, focused, you know, and a defensive mindset by every team essentially. And BYU's had a little bit of an easier road in the West Coast Conference, which you know leads to them being able to not be as in tune defensively and kind of rely on their scoring. So this is a game that, in my opinion, I think Michigan State can and should win because I think Michigan State is better. You know, you look at this as you look at the numbers. BYU's twenty fourth in the country and adjusted offensive and defensive efficiency. Michigan State's 51st in Ken Palm. It doesn't look great. Michigan State's 98th in adjusted offense. BYU's 28th and then 26th in defense. Those two numbers being that close is kind of surprising. But to me, Michigan State is a better team than the numbers show, and that's really because of how they've played lately. 
Obviously, we've said it ad nauseum, the three top five wins this season. They've, they've just looked a lot better. And it's March, and it's Tom Izzo, and, you know, you never know. So I think this is a game that Michigan State wins. Moving on to Texas, though, we continue to look at the Ken Palm information. This is where the road ends for me in picking Michigan State. I think now if Texas loses to Abilene Christian, there's obviously a lot different there. That's a game that Michigan State can and should win over Abilene Christian. But, you know, Texas is a team who's long. They're fast. Um, 137th in adjusted tempo. Michigan State is vastly behind that uh, at, at a, a little bit, uh, quite a bit slower. Um, and the thing about it is the stamina. So this will be would be Michigan State's I think third game in five six days would it be? Yep. I don't know when they when they would play it next. I haven't looked at the schedule, but Texas it would be it would be Thursday, Saturday, Monday. Yeah. So third game in in four days. Math but, guy Sloan. Math guy. I got some numbers on deck here too. Okay, but Brendan, let's all, go. Let's go. Oh, I was gonna let you finish your point. Oh, no, I, but yeah, I'm just saying I'm excited for your numbers. But um, okay. I'm not the numbers guy on this podcast. <laughs> you are the numbers guy, but I'll let you finish your point first. But but Texas, um, that's not a team that you can be tired for. They don't really struggle in a whole lot of offensive categories. They're not the best at defending. Um, their biggest pitfall is that they uh, their opponents shoot pretty well for free throws against them. That's Michigan State's bad at free throws, so it's like it's not a huge thing. I just think this one's pretty cut and dry that Texas is not a game that I realistically and statistically can see Michigan State win. It's March, and everything crazy can happen. And yeah. sure, well, if, they, if they were to do it, it would be great and wonderful. But, you know, being the realist that I am, I, I got them losing to Texas. Let me, let Shaka's me just got hair, a, too. So. Shaka has we, hair Shaka? This hair has follicles. been talked about on the podcast before. Let you me know, sneak you're this. the Shaka guy, oh, Trent. Shaka. He's got hair. Boom, Shaka Laka. Let me sneak, yes. let me sneak this in here real quick, Sloan, before you give us some numbers, and then we'll predict the UCLA matchup because that is the first order of business. We will get podcasts out as Michigan State goes. So, Brendan, I love that Brendan is bringing the Texas potential Texas matchup to the forefront here. We might feel completely different, you know. After yeah. we, you know, so who knows? That's what that's why this tournament's so much fun. We'll keep you posted as we go, so stay locked in. But Sloan, drop the numbers on us. Okay, like I said, number one, I'm not the numbers guy. Number two, what was the math question that I completely fumbled? Because I heard math How many games in how many days? For state? If they were to beat UCLA and BYU. So if they were to beat you, so it'd be, UC, it been, it'd be UCLA Thursday, and then it would be BYU Saturday, and then it would be uh, on Monday, it would be Texas. So that would be three games in one, two, three, four, five days. Three games <laughs> in five job, days. Good job, good job. I, I am the math guy. Brendan is the numbers guy. Trent is the shock of smart guy. Yeah, so I don't, I don't do the math. That. I just look at when someone else did the math and talk about it. You know, Because I suck at math. I always try to like do quick math. Like My dad would always tell me, once again, dad, dad. makes an appearance. He's Shout out me, Mr. Sloan. Out Mr. Sloan. It's yeah. a, that's our perennial Sloan, Mr. Yes. Sloan mentioned. Always that has should be, to be that should be yeah. part of the uh, the impact is on drinking game. Every time Dad makes an appearance, yeah, yeah, yeah. take a drink, take a shot at least once a podcast. Yeah. I think maybe actually twice today. But he would always like calculate his tip like in his head, and like if you gave him like a math problem, like an easy one, he'd be able to like give you an answer. So I kind of have to continue the family legacy in that regard. But All numbers, right. please, please tell me you can calculate your own tip in your own head. I mean, well, here's the thing. Here's, oh. My dad. 
He calculates it down to like the the cents. Okay, that's like, different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like okay. it's easy to go and yeah, say you're going to the peanut barrel. I went to the peanut barrel with a friend of mine last week. You know, if you shout got, out, if you got a seventeen dollar bill, it's easy to say I'm gonna slap four bucks on there, and it's like twenty ish percent. Well, not exactly, but it's over twenty. It's well, a good tip. I, well, but the, like, the way I, that I, like I do it, it's, it's it's easy to find ten percent, and then you just double it. Exactly. Yeah, you move the. I'm a twenty percent guy. Yeah. I'm Sometimes twenty five. So am I. That's that's a, that's a thing we could get into for a whole nother day. Tipping, like, we can make a whole 20. podcast. Gotta at least be, unless you actually get bad service. Yeah, it's like if it's bad. Yeah. If it's bad, I think like bad. Ten to fifteen is right. acceptable, but twenty in 20, all instances. Twenty five. If it's exceptional, twenty five. Book it. I will book say. It. I will say. This is the the last little tidbit I have on tipping, and I'm not gonna expose anybody, but. My my girlfriend just started working at Pizza House. Exposes his girlfriend. No, no, not her. I'm talking about the people that tip. <laughs> the there are some people who come in and just do not treat people well. She told me there was this this table that had a hundred and fifty dollar tab and left five bucks yeah, that's on the nice. table. That's, that's not, unbelievable. You gotta triple that. People like that at least. Yeah. I'm that's, sorry. That's, that's horrible. That's unacceptable. That's like that's like letting the door slam on your grandmother. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. But numbers, 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 Sloan. So, oh, this is a basketball podcast. Strength right? of schedule. Looking at strength of schedule for Michigan State's uh, first two opponents in the NCAA tournament, presumably if they were to beat UCLA, we'll start with the Bruins. Michigan State's strength of schedule in all of Division One for context, fifteenth, so formidable. UCLA forty ninth, forty ninth in the Pac twelve, okay. so. 49, that's not great. You want to talk great. about battle-tested. You want to talk about Spartan, battle, baby. Spartan dogs, the dogs. And then it gets even worse. BYU in the WCC, the West yes. Coast Conference, <laughs> 62nd in America. Ugh. So compare, if it, you know, it doesn't take a lot of math to compare 15 well, to 49 and 62. Well, this brings up a great point is that that, problem is usually what the net shifts out and we haven't talked right. about the net yet both of these the teams net. i think you i don't think ucla is ranked higher than michigan state in the net but i know byu is that's for sure and uh ucla Sy- is as well syracuse is significantly higher as well and that's usually the type of stuff that the net sifts out and it has all these filters that give you the best team and blah 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 whatever for context Syracuse is also 50th strength of schedule yeah. so and, and <laughs> that's just, just throwing that in there to, to further illustrate our last point I think, I think the net is thrown off this year by you know the fact that there's no fans and games get postponed and replayed and BYU all is this 20th and BYU is 20th in the net slow UCLA is 46th in the net and then Michigan State scrolling, the scrolling, is scrolling. Not very nice Michigan, Michigan State, State is 70th in the net rankings. There, you know, some teams above Michigan State in the net: St. John's, Richmond, Toledo, no. yeah. St. Mary's, Winthrop, UC Santa Barbara, Winthrop Memphis, mop the floor with Villanova, Boise, you first. and 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 my favorite, Penn State. Penn <laughs> oh, State, very nice. St. Yeah, Louis, no, I, mean, I could go but, on and on. You know, that's that's the thing about the net to me is. We're not. We're never gonna know. And uh, I believe Eric Bach talked about this. Um, oh, I think he. Put, I think he tweeted about it, uh, saying that the problem with the having committees for college football and college basketball is that 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 decide the stuff and it's just votes. Is that we want to know how they made these decisions right. and why, and they're never gonna tell us that. Nope. So obviously, we're never gonna know 
whether they took net ratings into account when uh, seeding these teams and where they were. But the one thing I will point out is that Michigan State is seven, the 70th best country, 70th best team in the country, according to the net. According to the committee, they're 43rd. Now, a couple spots lower than I think they should be, but nonetheless, they jumped 27 spots. So you think the net might not have been as big of a factor? I think usually it is. This year, this no. This year, not as much. I mean, okay. obviously, we see Colgate was ninth in the net. Colgate yeah, played right. an all-conference season. They didn't play any non-conference games. Their conference wouldn't allow it. They went, I think, 14-1 and in their conference, and they blew a lot of the teams out. And that's what the net is. is it's Running on, up the score. Not on, Yeah, not only if you beat opponents, but by how much and, you know, the efficiency and all this blah, 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 and quad one and two. And, you know, one thing that we didn't point out earlier, though, is Syracuse – has a quad three loss this season. Michigan oh. State does not. So, Let me guess, because so, so, I've been – hold on. I, I got the schedule here. I got a million tabs open right now. I'm guessing that loss was probably – Well, they lost, to Pit, they lost to Pittsburgh twice. So, I mean – Yeah. It was it was Pittsburgh at home, 63-60. Yeah, Pittsburgh went, for comparison's sake – we're doing a lot of comparing. This is the most tabs I've ever had open. That's open. what March Madness is, man. Pittsburgh went – Oh, come on, Pittsburgh.com. Oh, you stink. What is it not loading? Teams, men's basketball. I mean, I, I think we get schedule. the schedule. You, you, you don't have to really get into it. Oh, I, I got it it's now. All right. Pittsburgh went. Uh, they went 10 and 12 this year, 6 and 10 in the ACC. And two other wins I mean, were against Syracuse. That, 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 yeah. that would have been like if, if Michigan State lost to you know, Nebraska two times for, for comparison's sake. Yeah, not great. Well, let's do this, guys. Let's let's talk about the UCLA game. We'll make a couple predictions. I know you guys both had the Spartans beating them. So do I. Uh, I'll, I'll just give you some of my reasons here quick before I make a prediction. Look, I just think the Spartans, after having a week off, uh, I don't think I don't think personally I don't think the Bruins hold a candle to the Spartans. And for a lot of the reasons you guys laid out statistically, I'm not that smart, uh, so I won't get into all that. But I just. It just the sentiment though just stinks that the Spartans have to prove it one more time yeah. to the committee that they're good enough to be in the field outright. So that's frustrating. But nonetheless, look, I, I, no one on UCLA scares me. Um, it, like it, even like a guy like Tiger Campbell, he's mm-hmm. probably not going to score more than like fifteen. And I'm not, uh, I'm not. That's not a shot at anybody. Wasn't he kind of heavily recruited by the Spartans? Very heavily yeah. recruited. Tom Izzo had some some really nice words to say about about Tiger Campbell. Number one, I will say all name team, but Tiger Campbell, you know, he's a ten points per game, five assists per game. You know, he'll get you three or four rebounds. Just a sophomore point guard, so you know, Izzo called him the 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 straw that stirs the drink. You know, he's he's an impressive player, and you know, someone who could be a four year guy. And you know, in a couple years, we could be talking about this guy as one of the better players in college basketball. So, illustrating your point, Trent. Well, let's just that's the only he's the only guy that I'm like okay that I he's really the only guy I've watched a lot of, and I'm just not. I think the Spartans win this one going away. I don't know. I I think it'll be double digits. I'll say seventy to fifty eight Spartans. And and now now Brendan, before I kick it over to you. Michigan State opened as a one and a half point favorite. It has now moved up to two and a half. So these sports books are begging you to pick UCLA. That uh, money is coming in. Yeah, on what, the Spartans. What, what do you make of it, Brennan? Who I wins? I mean, I, I I gotta go with Michigan State. Obviously, the 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 thing that you brought up, Trent, that was interesting to me is the the sentiment about it. And you know, we sat on this podcast three weeks ago in these very seats and absolutely shredded this Michigan State team. 
not going to make the tournament, not going to win another game this season, blah, 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 ripping paper, yelling, grabbing the mic, whatever. And they shut us the hell up and played their way into the NCAA tournament. You look at UCLA, here's their last four games. Lost to Colorado by nine. Lost to Oregon by eight. Lost to USC by one. Lost to Oregon State by four. So close margins, but you still lose four in a row. That's not what you want to do. Indiana ended up losing four in a row and didn't make the tournament. So UCLA backed their asses into this tournament, and somehow they get a Michigan State team that maybe they get lucky. It's still, I, I think it's still going to be a close game. I think Michigan State pulls it off. I think it's going to be like five or six. I'm going to say, gosh, I'll say 71-66 Michigan State. Okay, so something real quick I want to hammer home that you just mentioned. A team like UCLA that, as you mentioned, lost four in a row down the stretch, and granted they're all close games, but four in a row down the stretch when it matters, that's a team to me that you can justify putting in the first four. Not yeah. Michigan State. Yeah. And I, as if we haven't exhausted that but, point. But, and and the point of it is, of the first four is, okay, here are two teams that we deem even with each other. Yes. And they need to decide between the two of themselves who gets to play in the tournament. These two teams aren't even with each other. You look at UCLA's overall record, 17-9. and nine, Yeah, that's better than 15-12, and 12, but it's in a very, very – the Pac-12 usually has two or three good teams that can make a run at a Final Four, Elite Eight, blah, blah, blah. This year – there's nobody out of the Pac-12 that scares me at all. Sloan, what do you got? Who wins? Spartans, Bruins, what's the score? Well, looking at some more numbers, you know, this You're could, obsessed with it today. This could be the numbers podcast. Yeah. You know, we got Brendan, Kevin Malone over here. Numbers I love that. I love that, by the way. <laughs> Just a nice little head of throat in there. Numbers are like a drug. And now I understand why you're so into them, Brendan, because once you start getting absorbed into the numbers, you can't recover. They're really nice when they prove you right, too. Exactly, you know? which is why I have a few more numbers here. Michigan State, they're led by some players in this game in particular against UCLA who have some some tournament experience. You think of Aaron Henry starting on the way to the Final Four. You think of Joshua Langford, even someone like Jack Hoiberg, who Izzo mentioned today on the Zoom, who is an, ex- an experienced guy in that locker room. He was there in 2017 when they lost to Syracuse at Little Caesars Arena in the round of 32. Yikes. So they have a fair amount of experience. Even guys like Thomas Kithier, and even though he's not going to be playing Foster Lawyer, you know, have have gone to tournaments. But the Bruins, a young, young team. One senior, the average years spent at UCLA, 1.4. So they, they're lacking in experience. You know, Mick Cronin, he was like the the eighth guy in line for that job. You know, I honestly feel kind of bad for him because I think his body of work at Cincinnati deserved more respect. I still think he's a very good coach. I agree. Though, yeah. I mean, I, he, think, I think he could be the the biggest threat to Michigan State in this game is if he coaches this team well and finds a way to exploit everything Michigan State does defensively that doesn't work. They could be in some trouble. I completely agree. You know, he his body work at Cincinnati was was fantastic. You know, yeah. he didn't win in the tournament a ton, but they won the American Conference every single year. So really, disrespect on the part of Mick Cronin when he was like the eighth option for their job when it opened up a couple of years ago. But he's a very good coach. This team is going to be ready to go. He is, even though his players aren't accustomed to the tournament, he is. I think it's going to be a gritty defensive effort from them and for both teams. So I think this is going to be a low scoring game. I do see the Spartans coming away, though, 71-63. to You know, it was mentioned today once again on Izzo's Zoom. That's kind of the other drinking buzzword for this. But Mick Crone and Tom Izzo both cut out of the same cloth. Defensive-minded coaches, grit-and-grind guys. Cronin, 
you know, Izzo is actually a mentor of, of Mick Cronin. So a, a couple of guys that really see the game the same way. But Tiger Campbell, you know, you mentioned him, a big-time threat. But they're starting five for, for the Bruins is 6-9. So not a ton in the way of size. You know, they they balance the scoring with those six guys in, in single di- or in double-digit scoring. You know, I think someone like Tiger Campbell could end up having a good game, but it's kind of an offensively challenged team. They do shoot the three well, 39%, but that is arguably the best strength of this Michigan State team. Fantastic three-point defense. So I think the Spartans take that away to an extent. It is for sure lower than 39% on the game. They don't have an inside option to go to. Defensively, I think they could cause problems for Michigan State just because they're going to switch. All five players on the floor can switch, and they're going to be tough, and they're going to be disciplined, and they're going to be locked in. I think it's a slugfest, though. Michigan State has won many a slugfests down the stretch in the month of March recently. So I got the Spartans in one of those patented rock fights that I like to say, uh, winning this game against UCLA. So You guys got rock fights. I've got them going away. Nonetheless, the three of us in harmony once again. It's nice to be back. It, it is back. The optimist the caucus strikes again. The optimist yes, caucus is is just we're all here. It has we're, struck. We're back. It well, reigns supreme. It does. And and now this is the fun thing. This is the fun part of the podcast. This back half here, we're gonna we're gonna put the Michigan State stuff to bed potentially. They might come up here and there. But here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna talk about the rest of the bracket. Because uh, we got a lot to talk about. This is kind of in place of Brandon's four point play that we've been doing all season. This is like the we just got this, this, this is the this is the thirteen point dessert. play. Yeah, this is the dessert. This is, this is four the point chi- four point play was appetizer dinner and whatever the middle is called. This is the dessert. This is the cake. The ice and the cream. party. And Appet- the party. Appetizer dinner and whatever the middle is called. That would be the dinner. I yeah, guess, yeah. yeah, yeah I thought I there was one in between. Not to ruin the vibes, well, though. Like, well, I don't like, want to ruin the vibes. I mean, I don't know all the course names of a five-course meal. I, I only either. usually eat two. You and got it's your dinner, soup. Dessert. You got your salad. You got your dessert. You got your, your dinner. You got your coffee. There's five. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've never had... No, no. The coffee is a legit... Coffee is a legitimate part of like Slum a goes a disclaimer. Fine... I've never had a five-course meal before. <laughs> no, I've, I've never had a five-course meal or a six or seven course meal anything like that i'm not that big well if you there was did, a, there was an old saying wasn't there like damn you're fine like a like a uh, seven course meal i got no idea i got no idea i i kind of hope there is nonetheless i gotta i gotta <laughs> cut me off gotta cut me off we got a great docket of questions here to talk about when regarding this bracket and brennan I know you are very excited to answer these questions, so I think I know where you're going to go with this first one. Which number one seed do you like the most? Do you have Gonzaga, Baylor, Illinois, and Michigan? Now, which one do I like the most versus which one do I think is going to do the best are two that, that, that's, very that, different. Very good, very good uh, little little question there to follow up. I guess we should say this. Which one seed do you think goes the farthest? Yeah, I mean, I can answer both, essentially. I really like this Illinois basketball team. I love Io DeSumo. I've loved him since last year when he came into East Lansing and I got to uh, record broadcast that one with Alex McCray that was not live. Um, Michigan has struggled of late. Obviously, Isaiah Livers is bad news. Elijah Brooks is playing for them, but I don't think he's 100%. Uh, Baylor, I was really high on the Bears, as you guys know, for a very long time. I sharpied them. I'm currently in the market for... Uh, a Uh-oh. material that would remove whiteout? Sharpie. Yeah, just some whiteout. Just slap um, some whiteout there. Gonzaga, I think, is is the clear favorite to to do the most. I'll, I'll say this: when I first filled out the bracket, 
you know, you, you click a team and, and they move up and they're in that blank spot and then you fill out the other teams and it, it fills it all self, fills all itself out. I clicked Gonzaga six times until they got to the final four because I thought that was going to happen. I think Gonzaga's got a really easy draw. Iowa's a team that they've already beaten. Kansas is a team they've already beaten. I don't think they're going to have any trouble with a team like USC, Creighton, Virginia. I think Gonzaga's a clear final four favorite. Past that, it's going to be a coin toss for me, how I feel. Take a little bit look at the numbers. We're I haven't gotten there yet, but I will. Um, yeah, the, the, the one seeds I think that are in the most danger of not making it. Despite Illinois having a lot of teams in their bracket that I like, I like West Virginia. I like Oklahoma State. Tennessee I have losing, but I wouldn't be surprised. I have Tennessee losing in the first round to Oregon State. I wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee made a run. Houston is a team that I don't really like. I don't really like that conference a whole lot, but they could go out there and do it. They've played really well, uh, and they shut, they've shut me up before um, when, I, when I picked Memphis to beat them. So Illinois is a team that I think has the next best chance to reach the Final Four. I think Michigan and Baylor are going to be hard-pressed to find a way out of those regions, and in particular, Michigan. I mean, my God, they're in there. LSU is a possible tough out in the second round. LSU looked great against Alabama. Then you've got Colorado, who's hot. Florida State, despite losing to Georgia Tech, is a pretty good team. Who knows? Maybe they get unlucky and get a rivalry game against Michigan State in the Elite Eight, and you never want to play your rival in March. Uh, Texas. Texas is a national champion favorite of mine. UConn is a team that everybody is buzzing about that with one spark can get hot and go. I mean, this team has comparisons to the Kemba Walker UConn team that won the last 11 games of the year and won the national championship. Alabama, another huge national champion favorite. Michigan is, is going to be very hard-pressed to find a clear pathway out of that region. I think that's with Isaiah Livers, let alone if he doesn't show up and doesn't play for them. And then I think Baylor's got a tough out, too. I think Baylor's unfortunate circumstances that they might have to play interconference Texas Tech. And I think when it comes to interconference games in the NCAA tournament, it's a coin toss. You know, obviously a game like Michigan, Michigan State, Michigan's going to have the edge. But Oklahoma State, West Virginia is a possible matchup. Texas Tech, Baylor, you know, or Baylor, West Virginia, Baylor, Baylor, Oklahoma State in the Final Four, blah, blah, blah. You know, I think these are really coin tosses, and, and it just, it's so March for Baylor and Texas Tech to meet in the Elite Eight and Texas Tech to get revenge and pull it out. So, yeah, the short answer to your question is Gonzaga. I Gonzaga. think Gonzaga's got okay. the easiest one. Illinois next, Baylor, and then Michigan. I, I really, I don't see a way they find it out of there. Sloan, which number one seed goes the furthest? All right, I want to close the book on something I mentioned. Um, because everything comes full circle on this podcast. I found the saying that I was thinking of about oh, like meals. Great. Go for it. The, the definite. Have you ever heard of of calling someone a full course meal? Yes. Yeah. Like I I, did, I, I found this on Urban Dictionary, so I'm going to keep this brief because oh, I don't want to yeah, get my yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. get myself in trouble it's here. It's a podcast. This is this is a work setting though. We're we're under the we're this under the university's roof. Context so, is key. I'll keep it I'll keep it nice and clean. But a full course meal, basically a word according to Urban Dictionary that you use when when calling someone attractive. Like the example <laughs> sentence is, Jack is a full course meal. So. Wrapping that up, full course meal. It reminds me of like high school. I think I used that phrase in high school. Well, I don't think I've ever used it, but it's quite a schmoozing except term. Except for when talking about NCAA sports. So none. <laughs> so neither one of you guys have like used like hey, that Alabama team. Full, they're a full course, course meal. meal, man. 
You know who is a full course meal? This give it to me. This Gonzaga team is is looking like a full course meal. Okay. I mean, it starts and ends with the Zags when you think of this tournament and look at this bracket, which I have pulled up in front of me right now. I mean, the names, you know, few. Suggs, Kispert, Timmy, you know, from the coaching staff to to every single person on that bench, you know, 26 and 0 for a reason, the top seed in this tournament. Jalen Suggs is going to be a top potentially three guy in the NBA lottery. He could be a Detroit Piston. We talk about Cade Cunningham. If they're not as favorable and they don't win the Cunningham sweepstakes, Jalen Suggs could be in a Pistons uniform. I know people talk about Killian Hayes, but in the world of positionless basketball, they just got a stockpile talent. But this is not a Pistons podcast, but Suggs has the, a chance to be the best player in this tournament, in, in my opinion. He's been one of the best players in college basketball for since the word go this season. And and even beyond him, the, the depth and the, the depth and the talent that this Gonzaga team boasts. And, you know, I know there's the the WCC, you know, uh, people talk about that as something that's a, that's, a, that's a drawback for this team. But one of these years, Gonzaga has got to do it. One of these years, they it have to like do it. it. Doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, you you think of 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 Notre or of, of North Carolina in the finals, or the finals or the final game, either the final four or the fi- in this the finals. Either way, when Gonzaga was in there, you mean? Yeah, yeah, that was championship. The final. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. think you think of that game. You know, Mark Few is is to use a sports term, he's due. So when it comes to these number one seeds, you know, I think it starts and ends with the Gonzaga as. As the heavy favorite, and I know that's kind of an easy cop-out, but this is the best Gonzaga team we've seen so far, and this is the most battle-tested Gonzaga team we've seen in a long time, too. You know, they heard the noise, they heard the outside outside haters, and they, they scheduled a beefier set of non-conference games, you know. For example, they played and beat rather handedly Iowa this year. They almost hung 100 points on them. Yeah, exactly. The the list really goes on and on. They're supposed to play Baylor, too. I'm so sad we didn't get to see that matchup. I don't think we're going to this year either. Not to mention, that was earlier in the season as well when this team may not have been gelling as well as it is now. So I think it starts and ends with the Zags in my mind. And and now I want to ask you this. Start and ends with the Zags for the Final Four, or you believe this is the year they get it done? I think I don't want to provide any spoilers. You know, just to get the record straight, I'm not one of those people who who posts their bracket on Twitter. Oh, I, no. I I keep it locked. You know, I'm only so, posting it if I'm perfect through day one. Exactly. Some people like to go to social media with their brackets. I'm not one of those people. You know, if you are, all all power to you. But but I you know. Putting my hand down on the table, you know, put throwing my cards down. The Zags are my pick this year. Okay, and I know, yes, they're a one seed. Yes, that's boring. Yes, they're the odds-on favorite, but it has got to happen for Mark Few, and this is the so best team that, he's ever had. That right there is the thing for me is that it just seems like they have to get it done at some point. And I'll say this: if it's not this year, they're not going to ever yeah, do it. Because really this like Gonzaga it. team is head and shoulders better than any team he's ever had. And that I don't even think that's a hot take. My thing is, I'm going to stick with history. I'm sorry, I just am. And I realistically don't think that after sleepwalking through two months' worth of basketball games, I don't think they're going to win it. I think they go to the Final Four. And, and honestly, I think they will go to the Final Four. You know, Brendan, you talked about You look at their region. I, even in the second round, I mean, I know eight and nine seeds don't often beat one seeds, but they got Oklahoma or Missouri. That game, a shout-out to my brother Brock. We're watching the selection show. That's the first one that comes up. He goes... That is going to be hot garbage, that contest. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about that. But both of those teams, uh, 
They can't hold a candle to Gonzaga. And then and, you look, you know, Iowa, they've already beaten Iowa. And Iowa's very beatable, too. Like, the way they play, you know, you saw them against Illinois in that Big Ten champ. And Kansas, Bill Self just isn't great in March. I think Kansas is I way think, too high of a seed in this tournament. You know, I, I disagree a little bit. I think really? that if there is someone in that West region that could knock off Gonzaga, I think it's Kansas. I, I tell you, I... Virginia. I got Virginia. I got Virginia losing to Ohio. Okay, well, in that's... In the round of 64. That's, that's so... Oh, that's for the Gauchos. I think I, go Bobcats again. I think Gonzaga does make it to the Final Four, but if they're not going to, I I I like Virginia as the team. And what would that be? The elite, the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, I like Virginia to to if the if they're they, not gonna. They already make it played there. Virginia though, and you know. Yeah, it was took early. Them, took them behind early, the woodshed. Very early, very early, and I just like uh, Virginia. Not not trying defensively. I like I like. That'd be an interesting matchup, though. Yeah, and again, no, we gotta wait to see because Gonzaga is one of those teams. Shout out to Ryan Collins; this is a great take, I think. Gonzaga is one of those teams Collins. where, in the first game, I mean, I know it's a 16 seed, but you're gonna know instantly if Gonzaga is ready to play this year. Like yeah, you're just yeah. you just know because they maybe not maybe not against Norfolk State or Appalachian or whoever it is, but like you know you're gonna play in the second round, and I, I know I just basically shit on both these teams, Oklahoma and Missouri, but. You know, if Gonzaga, if it's a close game at halftime, it's like, okay, Gonzaga's not the juggernaut we thought they were. Now, the metrics say what they say, but Brendan, what, what were you going to say? But I want to ask you this. I think you're you're fair, and I think this is a, an okay take from a lot of people is, you know, is Gonzaga ready after, like you said, sleepwalking through two months of basketball? Now, my question to you is, after seeing what they did to BYU, being down big at halftime, yeah. Jalen Suggs goes off, Corey Kispert plays well, and they roar back to win that conference title. Did that give you any more confidence in them? Was that a little bit of it did, a little reassurance? Like, okay, maybe they are who we thought they were. It, it did, and I think Mark Few would tell you that as well. Like Playing a close game like that, that close to the tournament, is it's it's nice because you can call back on it a lot easier than you can you know, months ago when your rotation was different and all that good stuff. Yeah. But – um. I mean, yes, like to answer your question, yeah, that I, I that win was impressive to me, but we also talked a little bit about how BYU is not as – they might be seated a little high in this tournament and they're not that impressive of a team and yada, yada, yada. So if you look, if you look at this bracket and it's like, you know, if Iowa gets a second crack at Gonzaga, I, I could see him winning. I'd favor Gonzaga and that. Basically, my long my long story short here is I have Gonzaga in the final four, but I do not think they're going to win the, the whole thing. Okay. So, so to answer the question, which one seed goes furthest? As someone who uh, I I like Illinois, man, I just do. They're peaking I got the at a Illini perfect going time. To the Final Four as well. They're peaking at a perfect time. Io's playing the best basketball of his life. Kofi Coburn, love the way he moves, and, and I know he has a tendency to shrink in big games sometimes, but we haven't seen that lately. He was clutch against Ohio State, making free throws. He's not a good free throw shooter. It's all these little things, man. They got the senior man, leadership and Trent exactly. Frazier. They just. They have the depth. They played in the best conference this year. I mean, arguably, and I just I like Illinois. They I just, just have they. You know, you you hit on it perfectly, Trent. You'd share a name with Trent Frazier, so you yeah, got to love Trent Frazier. Right? But yeah. they have they have every piece you could imagine of a team that's that's prime for a run. You have the dominant big in Kofi Coburn. You have the all around superstar future lottery pick in Io Dosumu. Dosumu. That yes. is the sumo. Yes. Looking at Brendan. Shout out to Brendan. I saw your angry Twitter Bro, rant. About- I don't get that. And, and the funny thing was, so for those of you that didn't see the tweet, is I was upset with. Uh, I shouldn't say just Jim Nance. I like Jim Nance, but but the Hello, the entire friends. the entire. <laughs> 
the entire CBS announcing crew uh, that was calling the Big Ten tournament championship game between Illinois and Ohio State because they kept saying dosumo, dosumo, io dosumo. And if you look on the media guide, which is readily available to literally anyone who wants yeah, it. It's available to jokers like us. Exactly. They give it to me. And it says D-O-S-U-E-M-O-O, dosumo. The thing is, it's not even spelled like a cow. It's not even spelled like dosumo either. It's no, like, yeah, it's actually, it, it it's, ends it, in it, a U. It's O and U. It's dosumo. Odds are how quickly they get that right. Oh, not at all. Well... You know, put and, some and, respect in Illinois' name. And, and, and the funny, the funny thing, the funny thing about it that, that that almost you know sparked the idea to tweet in my mind was uh, th- they came back from commercial break and showed Dosumu's family, and then Jim Nance was talking about how Dosumu's father literally told him, "Hey, make sure you get my son's name right." Kind of jokingly, ha ha oh. ha. He didn't get it right. Disrespect. Yeah. How? Put some These respect are on Mr. Dosumu's name. If I can look at the media guide, my bum ass, go out <laughs> there, read it. Write it down so I don't get it wrong, and then say it over the radio waves. You can do it for CBS. Facts, facts. Just saying. I, I it's not a agree. huge deal, but it's somebody's name. Well, there we it's go. His name. You know, get I think right. that you know. Actually, I don't want to go off on a big tangent, but I think it is a big deal. I mean, when you think of whether it's writing, whether it's broadcasting, you don't want to spell someone's name wrong. Accuracy in print. is yeah. everything. You don't want to say Trent Belie. I mean, nope. this is you're, this is someone's name you're talking about. The flattery is, is one of the you know is a big thing. It's one of the utmost forms of respect. You got to put respect on Iowa's name, when, especially just, when your job is to call the game and tell everyone what's happening. You probably get it know right. how to pronounce everyone's name. And also, it's Io Dosumu, a top six player in the country. Right? You know, like that's if it's if it's a walk on who's a who's a bench guy who's, who's played getting, two games all year. He's getting two minutes you know, maybe, of garbage maybe, time. Maybe maybe you glossed over him in the scouting report, you know. But, I'll speed up my point though. Yeah. What I was gonna say a minute ago, they got the dominant About big. Illinois, yes. They got the all around good player in Dosumu. That's yes. that's where we went off. They got the defensive stopper in Trent Frazier. They have the guy who will nail a three in any scenario in Demonte Williams. They have the the freshman with a little bit of juice oh, in Andre Curbelo. And Adam Miller, honorable mention. Yeah. He and can you know make a shot they for got? you as well. They got Brad Underwood, and it's percent. his turn to officially say, this is my program. This is where we're going to be for the next 10 years. We're here. Love I the think, Illini. Love them. I think the Big Ten would be so much more fun if Illinois can stay good. They've been good before in recent years, and then they yes. went really bad for a little bit. Shout out John Gross. Well, they, they, with, they, the, with the orange jacket. They need to recruit in-state talent, and that's a whole conversation for another day. They did it with Dosumu, though, and it's worked out really well, so I hope they can keep it up. I really like Illinois basketball, but uh, it's so weird to me. It's just Coburn hasn't proven himself to me yet. Yeah, that's fair. And I, I don't think I can trust him to be there for six straight games. I think that I can is trust fair. Dosumu. I think I can trust Curbelo. Uh, I think I can even trust Adam Miller to play his role for six straight games. I don't know if Coburn can do that. And I have them meeting Oklahoma State, and I've molded over and molded over, and I can't decide. I literally might flip a coin. I like Fraser on Cunningham. But but Cunningham versus Dosumu and uh, the, I like either one the of Boone them on brother, Cunningham. The Boone brothers, particularly Caleb Boone versus Kofi Coburn. You know, I, I here's my dad makes his way into this podcast. Shout yes. out, shout out, Mr. Shabbat. Shout out, Dad, Mr. Shabbat. 
we were texting uh, after the bracket came out, obviously talking about Michigan State and their bullshit seating and blah, 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 blah. But then we got into some of the other stuff, and I mentioned this exact matchup, Oklahoma State versus Illinois, I can't decide. And my dad, who admittedly has not watched as much college basketball as me, no fault of his Nobody own. Nobody has watched as much college basketball as Brennan Chabat. Correct, uh, other than maybe John Rothstein. Um, but he he said he, he doesn't think Oklahoma State can win if Cade Cunningham has a night off. And this has actually been proven to be incorrect. Oklahoma State has beaten teams. Texas. And o- Oklahoma. West Virginia without Cunningham, They've beaten Cunningham teams too. on nights that Cunningham wasn't even there or that he just didn't Passive. play up yeah. to his his level. So it's it seems to me like one of it just God, Oklahoma State is like the all year I would watch them or just pay attention to their box score and it's like okay, they picked up a nice win here. Okay, they picked up a nice win there. Okay, now they got West Virginia. Nah. Wow, Oklahoma State won. Okay, now they got Baylor. Nah. Wow, Oklahoma so State. So long story won. short, you kept... got Oklahoma State maybe beating Illinois. That's a scare for I you. Have, yeah, I haven't decided. I like Illinois a lot, and I like Illinois past Oklahoma State. I think they okay. get by West Virginia. I think they get by Houston. I think they get by anybody else, but they got to get past the Cowboys first, and it, I think it's going to be a tough battle. So we are in harmony in that we, on paper, have Gonzaga going the furthest of the one seeds, but we all kind of have made our case for you know Illinois. We've left Michigan and Baylor in the dark a little bit, but here we got more questions to get to. And guys, this is a fun one. Which team in this tournament do you do you believe that could win it? I say outside of a one to three seed, a dark horse, a four or lower. Who do you think could win this whole thing? Ooh, there's a lot. I like here. Florida State. I don't want to. I don't want to elaborate on it too much because I know you guys have like the, the the good picks here. I'm just the host over here. What do I know? I like Florida State a lot. I love Leonard Hamilton, and I think they've kind of had some fluky losses here and there. Yeah. Come tournament time, I always like the Seminoles. They're a fun team to root for. So I like them, and you know I'm looking at their 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 matchups here potentially. You know they're they're gonna get either <laughs> they could actually end up playing Michigan State at yeah. some point if yeah. Michigan State makes a huge run or something like that. But Brennan, who is a dark horse that you think could actually win this whole thing? So there there's a couple that stand out to me. Uh, out you know following your qualifications of outside one to three. Um, Obviously, Florida State, they step out a lot. Uh, that's a team that I agree with you, Trent. I think uh, has the pieces to get it done. They just haven't gotten it done in the regular season consistently enough. But I, I think they definitely can do it for six straight games. Uh team I just mentioned, Oklahoma State. I really like Oklahoma State. And Oklahoma State is just a such an on-any-given-night team. Any given night, they'll go out there and beat somebody they're not supposed to, hit a clutch shot, do whatever, and come away with the win. Um, and the other one that stands out to me is Texas Tech. Now, the way my bracket plays out is that I have Texas Tech playing Arkansas in the second round, a very winnable game. And the way it's shaped up is I have Virginia Tech beating Florida and Ohio State. So then Texas Tech and Virginia Tech meet in the Sweet 16. I think that's an easy win for Texas Tech. Regardless of if it even happens, though, I think Texas Tech beats Ohio State. Okay. You know, Ohio State looked really good against Illinois. I just don't trust Liddell. Dwayne Washington puts up the points, but he's not. Dwayne Washington lacks that it to me. He doesn't have that that Mamba it, you know, despite how well he's played in these past six games. Ohio State's lost five of them, I think. Yeah. You know? They've really stumbled down the stretch. Yeah, and, and, and it's it, they've, it, they've been right there. They've been really close, but... Those are the games you're supposed to win in March. And, Correct. And and I don't I don't know if they get it. But the other team, the big one, my favorite, who I'm probably not even gonna pick, 
because of who they play in the second round. But my huge sleeper where I'm going to come on this podcast and say, I told you so, the UConn Huskies. Uh, really? Yes. I was maybe going to pick Maryland in the first round. Book Knight. Tell me why. Danny Hurley, baby. Danny Hurley is a really good coach. Book Knight is playing really well. A lot of people like this 10-7 upset for Maryland, and I think a lot of people like it. I mean, you know, Twitter and stuff is your timeline is is usually pretty subjected to what you're interested in and your kind of your locality. You know, we're in the Big Ten here. I think a lot of people want to pick Maryland just because they've seen Maryland. And I haven't watched UConn play as much as I've seen Maryland because I've seen them for an entirety of 80 minutes. But this UConn team is really good. And I mentioned earlier that they're getting comparisons to the Kemba Walker UConn team that can go out there and do something crazy. And they can have huge wins when they want to and when they put it together. And to me, if UConn beats Maryland and Alabama beats Iona and those two teams meet and the Huskies beat the Tide... I'm going to be really pressed to not say they're going to make the Final Four. I think if if UConn can beat Alabama in the round of 32, they're in the Final Four. Okay. Sloan, Dark Horses, talk to me. Almost heaven. West Virginia. Yes, sir. I love that. Yes, sir. Bob Huggins, baby. Trent and I are captains of the Bob Huggins fan club. Yep. Yes. You know, you talk Actually about... Actually captains. Look it up. Yes. Yeah. That is true. Wikipedia. You talk about someone in Mark Few who just needs and deserves that run. I hope you heard the keyboard clicking <laughs> on the other side. Research. But Bob Huggins, the Hall of Famer. Another guy who does just deserves a run and would be well deserving of a national championship, and he has a a heavyweight roster to get it done. Miles McBride, Deuce, Deuce. McBride, almost a sixteen point per game score. Derek Culver, he'll get you fifteen a game. McNeil, Sherman, Emmett Matthews, Bridges, Jordan McCabe, they have good depth. They can win in a variety of ways. They, they, you know, they're not the press Virginia of old per se, but that might be beneficial because they can turn that on. I'm sure with Huggy Bear in charge with the stool and, you know, the long hair and, and his own damn stool and his oh yeah his own damn he stool. He's everywhere. bringing that stool. He's not sitting to the on the your final stool. Four. He's sitting on his stool. So but, you've got him in the final four, Sloan. Oh no, I don't have no. him in the final four. <laughs> yeah, but, but you're beating the drum. I'm beating the drum. Okay. I also, you know, Trent, we're in lockstep again. I'm a big Leonard Hamilton guy. I'm a big Florida State guy. I have them going to the Elite Eight and losing to it's Alabama. Just, it's just been a weird year for them. You know, they yeah. haven't really consistently been able to string together like impressive wins. Yeah. But I just ultimate I watch them play. They're athletic as hell. They defend pretty well. And I just I like I the, like some of the matchups that would potentially arise in their in their the, little The thing region. that scares me is that you mentioned their lack of consistency and ability to string together wins this year. And that's what the tournament is. <laughs> and, and but also yeah. it's been in the worst ACC we've seen in forever. Yep. So, you know, the fact that they that I really once it once, you know, we got through a month of the season and it really looked like the ACC was up for grabs. I said Virginia and Florida State. One of those two teams is going to win it. I think it's going to be Florida State. I'd like to see Florida State do it. And they just couldn't pull it off in the regular season. And then to go out there and lose the tournament too, I mean, it's just I I Red agree flags. with I yeah, I agree with you and have sentiment for the take. It's just there are too many red flags in a region that has Michigan, Texas, Alabama and Yukon. Right. For me to Pick them. I could see it happening. I don't think I'm going to pick them. I haven't even picked that region yet. I think I've picked like, 
I, I don't know, four games in that region. You know, I have a lot of picks left to make, so. All right. Well, let's let's uh, let's move right on. Uh, we have we want to get all these questions, so let let's limit it to one team. How's that? We're gonna one team answers. Okay. Do we like that. Yeah. Do we like that rule? I'm I'm down with that. Who is a little too overrated when you look at this pool? And it, it could be anyone. It could be an eight seed. It could be a one seed. But who do you is is rated a little too high? And we'll leave BYU out of this because we already talked about them. I was, I was and say Syracuse. The Syracuse counts. We'll leave, we'll leave Syracuse <laughs> and BYU out of this because we already talked about it ad nauseum in relation to Michigan State. But Brendan, who's a little too overrated? I gotta pick one. You gotta pick one. Oh. Otherwise, we could sit here all night. I mean, we could just make I mean, only that, that, one. That's fair. I'll, 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 here, I'll pose the two that I have in my mind to Sloan, and then you pick, and I'll say why. Well, I'm hoping that one of these would be my one that I have in mind, but it probably will. Okay, so, I think so we I'm think between, similarly. I'm between Villanova and Kansas. Which oh, one do you want me to explain? You know, I'm a big Kansas guy. I, I have them making a little bit of a run in this tournament. Uh, Villanova, though... I have Villanova falling to Purdue in the round of 32. Purdue. My pick was going to be Winthrop. My my pick was going to be Iowa, but just simply oh. because of many many factors that have been discussed on this podcast before, in defense, Fran McCaffrey in the ladder. So that's my pick, but I'm going to pick Villanova out of out of those two. So, no, no Gillespie. Exactly. That's a starter. That's that's, that's a big starter is the, is the fact that they don't have Colin Gillespie and that really hurts and you know, I guess this is not really their fault as far as uh, the the conversation of being overrated, but they they've matched up with a great Winthrop team who I think went 23 and 1 and I don't care what conference you're playing that in 23 and 1's impressive. I think the same goes for Gonzaga. It can be in the WCC but no losses for a whole college basketball season that's almost 30 games is pretty damn impressive and we haven't really gotten into this yet. I want to give a shout-out to Peter Keating of The Athletic, who uh, has uh, put out a great series this March called Bracket Breakers, and he breaks down how he and another guy, I can't remember his name, I can't believe I'm botching it right now. Unbelievable. Um, uh, how he and another guy, uh, Jordan Brenner, um, there we go. D- developed a system, a statistical uh, an analogy system that uh, looked back at all or not all, but a lot of upset winners in March and the similarities between these teams and uh, uh, how to predict that moving forward. And this Winthrop team has a 49% chance, based off their analysis and their model, to beat Villanova. Now, that's very high for a 12-5 matchup. And a lot of these teams, uh, you know, the, the makings of an, of an upset team doesn't play fast. They slow the ball down really well. They shoot a lot of threes, and they make a lot of threes, and they get a lot of second-chance points. And Winthrop does all of those things. And for those of you that don't understand it, the reason some of these teams, you know, these upset teams win by playing slow is because, you know, Trent, if, if, if it's you versus the Gonzaga Bulldogs, right, would you rather each team gets one shot or each team gets 100 shots? Hundy. Really? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm sorry. I didn't know how you wanted me to answer that question. Be, well, because I, the, the idea behind it is you're more likely to beat okay, Gonzaga yes. by they miss like one shot one and shot, you make yes. one. It's like a tournament style, same thing. let grind you yes. down 100 shots, you know? Because the, so, the better team's going to win when so, I get you. So Winthrop, you know, is, is my reason for uh, I think they're going to be over Villanova. But obviously without Gillespie, it's going to be really hard for Villanova to find a way out of this tournament, and especially out of the first game. A couple of their losses, they lost 
to a good Creighton team by 16. They lost to St. John's, who's not in this tournament. Virginia Tech, another team we talked about. They lost to Butler, who's not in this tournament. Providence, who's not in this tournament. Georgetown, who sneaked in, yeah. you know, very late. They lost to Georgetown by one. That that game was a coin toss. It could have gone either way in the, in the Big East tournament. And I really liked them at the start of the year. And then James Robinson Earl didn't quite play up to par. Colin Gillespie, despite still being good, you know, didn't quite make it. And at first I thought this Villanova team might be good enough to beat Winthrop for one game. I think Winthrop is, is almost the favorite in my opinion here. I, I think Winthrop's going to win this one and, and win it pretty handedly. And I, I think Villanova, despite the good season they've had, is not as good as a five seed. Sloan, which team is a little too overrated? A little too overrated. Well, the, besides the Hawkeyes, the Houston Cougars. And, you know, Trent, I, was, I know wow. – yep. I know you're a, a, a Houston Cougars. You're a Houston Cougars <laughs> guy. So I know you're a Cougars guy, but Kelvin Sampson, number one, cheater. So I, 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 <laughs> fair. Oh. That's fair. He's a cheater. And, you know, Houston, the American wasn't as good this year as it historically normally is. Memphis yeah. wasn't as good. Cincinnati wasn't as good. Wichita State was pretty good. But the American. You know, obviously losing UConn not long ago. The American, not as strong as a, of a basketball conference as it used to be. So that really invalidates, in my mind, a lot of those 24 wins. So the Cougars, sorry, overrated. Okay. Also, right. quad three loss for them this year. East Carolina they lost to. The Pirates, arg. Yeah. Sloan, that was my uh, that was my pick as well. I guess oh. an, another well another Houston, team. Houston was yeah yeah yeah, and and I I like that as that's overrated. What yes, that's oh, because this is what great. I'm saying. That's I am fantastic. I'm a Houston guy this year, <laughs> but it's one of those deals where you kind of want them to be a little lower so that you can pick them to go a little farther uh, and yes. be a little more yeah. correct. I so, think I think with what the three losses they've had and just the season they've had, yeah. there's no way the committee was going to put them. Above it or, well, higher, or lower than the a city of Houston and, and that's could fair. use a little run from from their college basketball team with all the with the uh, the James Harden and they the Sean Watson and the uh, uh, JJ the Houston Watt. Astros. And so Astros so the, and like uh, the freezing temperatures. Yeah, a, a, an elite eight or a Final Four run would be greatly appreciated. Little overrated for me is uh, Georgia Tech. I won't get too far into it. Look, they are they are an at large bid, so you know you had to find a place to put them. I just don't think they've proven enough to be a nine for me personally. But this, let's just keep it moving here. I'm, I'm more interested in what you guys have to say. There's always a 12-5 upset, and sometimes there's two. So I want to ask you guys. You know, there's plenty of great 12-5s, uh, and I say plenty. There's only four, but they're all all of them are viable. You know, the 12 seeds to go over the five. I think. Maybe the least viable is Georgetown over Colorado. I don't know if, the, but a at the lot same, of people like that one for some reason. Well, I think Colorado's it's, got it's that. because of the recency bias that Georgetown yeah. and the Patrick Ewing story, and it's all great and stuff. So even then, you know, but USCB and or UCSB, while well, yeah. I totally botched, butchered that. But Brendan, which twelve five do you really have your eye on, where you can sharpie it in and say that's my twelve five this year? I mean, I think that the, what I was just last talking about led perfectly into this Winthrop over Villanova. I, yep. think, I think it's a huge favorite. Uh, I, I don't see how you can – there's, to me, Villanova, even if they beat Winthrop, neither of these teams is making it past the next game. So what does it hurt to pick Winthrop for one game in the first round? Right. You know, you know, strap it on. Because it's going to happen. There's going to be one 12-5 upset. At hap- what, you have the numbers on that? It's like uh, it happened. Oh, 12-5 is, I think, one of the most common yeah. large seed upsets um, in, in college basketball every year. And the, the funny thing is, you mentioned – 
you know how common it is. I have th- I have it happening three times this year. Really, I have UC Santa Barbara beating Creighton, and I have Oregon State beating Tennessee. Now UC Santa Barbara and Winthrop, those are more based on Peter Keating's research and how those teams just perfectly fit a David versus Goliath and a beautiful slingshot throw right to the eyeball on a Creighton team who lost in the Big East tournament, a Villanova team who's now without their best player, and a Tennessee team who has stumbled lately. Um, so we'll see. But, but yeah, I think the easy one to pick is if you're picking this bracket and you're an upset fan and you don't pick Winthrop, uh, you just woke up for March. Sloan, the University of California, Santa Barbara. Over the ga- Creighton. The Gauchos. The Gauchos. That is my pick of a 12 that I will think is going to upset a 5. And I think that sets up for a scorching round of 32 matchup between the Gauchos and my Ohio Bobcats. So that is my... Uh, th- th- that also is a great little... You know, every year there's a team that makes it to the Sweet 16 that people say, oh, they made it to the Sweet 16. For me, it's going to be one of the Ohio Bobcats out of the MAC, little MACtion, yeah. or love that UC Santa Barbara. So I've got I've got both those upsets. But also, UC Santa Barbara, best logo in the tournament. It's a pretty badass logo. I like it a lot. That may have factored in for me. It's okay. giving you like 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 uh like western vibes kind of yeah. not, we- not western michigan like west old western vibes like yeah. you know western got- america yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. put the hitch the horses to the wagon and head west build the railroad yeah, yeah the lone ranger the, you kidding the, me? The, the you know there's up, what, are, what were those called where the two guys would walk away from each other duels. and then they turn yeah the gold duels, yeah. the gold rush this guy looked like yeah. he would whoop my ass <laughs> in a duel yeah that's what i'm saying nothing nothing but hope out in front of you and blue sky well look we have a fantastic question here and, and and Brendan, I think I know where you're going to go with this one. Which 8-9 seed could realistically beat their number one seed in the round of 32? I am going to say Michigan could lose to LSU, and I think that's where you're going to go. So will you elaborate on that, please? Yeah, I think the other one to look out for is Oklahoma, who had a much better season than the last five games are going to show. Okay. But, yeah, LSU ran through the SEC tournament yes, on their way within two points of a really good Alabama team. Two seed. Yeah, and, and, and they, they played a tremendous game in that SEC final, and Michigan without Isaiah Livers is going to be sleeping in that first game. They're going to have to be ready, and, and LSU has their work cut out for them with St. Bonaventure, who is a, a pretty good story right now in the way they they ran through their conference tournament and found a, found a bid. But, yeah, LSU is, is the, the big standout one. But, I mean, Loyola Chicago is a team who has dominated their conference all season and played really well. They could catch Illinois slipping. You know, it, it's not unheard of, but I think the big favorite is LSU. Eight or nine seed. I think that is the key part of the question that I want to think about. Eight or nine seed. Oklahoma and Missouri and Gonzaga, the Bonnies and LSU or Michigan, Loyola Chicago or Georgia Tech and Illinois, and then you have North Carolina and Wisconsin and Baylor. So purely sticking to the question, the 8 or the 9 seed, no matter what happens in that game, of those pairings with one seed and the respective 8 and 9 seeds, I think North Carolina and Wisconsin, either one of those two teams give uh the the Bears and Scott Drew maybe maybe a little a little bit to worry about obviously you know two really veteran teams two experienced teams you know who knows if experience is going to matter in this NCAA tournament format you know Tom Izzo said today on the Zoom that's like the eighth time I've said that he said I don't really know what to expect in this tournament <laughs> I'm not really sure what teams are going to thrive so we'll see about that but North Carolina Tar Heels Michael Jordan 
And then Wisconsin, Greg Gard, uh, my guy. Those two teams, those are the two teams I have my my eyes on for a potential upset over Baylor. All right, I like it. I like LSU over Michigan. I don't know if I'm going to pick that, but the sentiment yeah. of the question, what do you think is most likely to happen? But, Luke, I really like, you know, because we've all kind of talked about Baylor and their struggles as of late and just some red flags. Oh, <clears throat> you know, you talk about two teams that, you know, Roy Williams, too, is a dangerous coach in March. So, Good old Roy. Oh, no. uh, a fun matchup, I think, that's also possible in that region is Baylor-Purdue in the Sweet 16. Matt Painter, Scott Drew, I think that'd be a really good game to see if Purdue can, can find a way there and as well as did Baylor. Did you take a look at my preliminary bracket? No, I did not. <laughs> I do like Purdue. I'm glad you Purdue, brought them up. But... A top 25 or it, top 25-ish offense and defense, I which liked to is see something them. you lo- talk about a lot, Brendan. Yes. I, I have them actually making it to that matchup in Sweet 16. Nice. I, I, I would have liked to see them do a little bit better in the Big Ten tournament. They should have beaten Ohio State, who, uh, as we all know, eventually went on to the uh, championship game in that tournament. But I still like Purdue a lot. Matt Painter, hell of a coach. Death Texas, Matt Painter. Let's wrap this one up. Final question. Who wins this whole thing? If you had to say it right now, I was going to ask for your final four picks, but I think, you know, we all kind of like to keep something close to the chest a little bit here and there. But right now on the podcast, two days before March Madness commences, Brendan, who wins the whole thing? Or we can go Sloan first if you want. Oh, I'll take it. Um... This is really hard. I like I've 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 never mulled over a bracket like this because I've never wanted more to just have a successful bracket. Yeah, you know sometimes you don't you, you lose track. You, you're yeah. busy. Junior year of high school, the hardest year of your life. You know you don't pay attention to college basketball. The you, ACT. Yeah, exactly. Lame. You know senior year, you're slacking. You're just eating chips and playing video games. You're not paying attention. But this year, correct. I have made it locked point. in. I, I I have a job. To announce and watch college basketball for Michigan State, so why the hell not just watch college basketball all over the world? And some people have hobbies. I watch college basketball. John Rossi, John Rossi. friend of the podcast. Shout out. Um, and, and I share that sentiment and love of the game with him. And God, there's as I've just never wanted you know more to be right for one year and, and just get all the Final Four teams. And and it would be fun for this year too because there's there's so many teams that can do it. You know, it's so lopsided. I'm gonna go out. On a limb, it's March, and March makes stories. Uh-oh. The story is going to be Nate Oates and Alabama. Oh, I love it. I was thinking I about love it. it. I was gonna. I'm. And, I haven't and, filled and, out a bracket and, and yet. I, and I'm, I tweeted about it. And, and you know, remember, I don't know if you guys. My cousin Vinny. Yeah, Nate Oates, my cousin Vinny. And I don't know if Grits. you guys remember this. Coach K comes out after the. Michigan State and whoever else lost and says, oh, I don't know if we th- if we should play this year. And Nate Oates goes, well, do you think he'd be saying that if he lost his last three games or whatever? And people gave him hell for it. And a lot of the media members, he's a dog. Yeah, he got he got a lot of, he got a lot of he got a lot of the spotlight for that. And and I believe it was he said a, what to Coach K? Yeah, and oh. I, I believe it was yeah. Tony Kornheiser. Uh, from PTI, who said something like, uh, well, Nate Oates may just be trying to, he's from Alabama, I had to look his name up, I didn't know who he was, he may just be trying to get into the limelight. Well, I think sweeping your conference regular season championship and tournament championship is a good way to make a name for yourself. Nate Oates is a great story. I really like what he does at Alabama. He he was he was really good at, you know, at his past schools, and he's brought that philosophy over to Alabama. I just love the way Alabama plays basketball. They're really good, they're really fast, they get on your ass on defense. They're so annoying, and, and I think they really have 
a lot of the pieces they need to get it done. And I got Alabama. March makes stories. Nate Oates, the pride of Romulus High School, the Michigan. Yes. Uh, he, he is a, he is a Michigander through and through. He loves the mitten. Went to Buffalo. You know, go Buffalo. He had success there. And a the lot thing of about success in March yes. too, games that they were not supposed upset wins that they were not supposed including to be including over of. Bob Huggins, West Virginia, who Trent and I have the utmost respect for. Love him, Nate Oates, the successor to Tom Izzo in East Lansing. Oh, I don't know that Indiana job just opened up. I am calling my shot right now, and you know why I'm calling this shot what because Dane, Dane I want it to happen. Realistically, though, what about Dwayne Stevens? For to be Izzo's successor, yeah. I think he's going to be, be Dane Fife. I think that is. I think that Dwayne Stevens is going to be a head coach elsewhere Somewhere before else. Izzo I retires. Yeah, Dane Fife. You want to talk about Indiana? I think Dane Fife could go to Indiana. Like now, like now. Okay, but Nate that. Oates admires Tom Izzo greatly. Nate Oates in. They should play each other next year. I'm just going to say five to seven years because I think Izzo has a lot of coaching left in him. Steven's only a sophomore. And I'm by no means is this booting Tom Izzo out. No. He's the greatest coach in the history of this university and a no doubt Hall of I mean, he's already been, he's been in the Hall of Fame for five years. So, but Nate Oates, I'm just saying it because I want it to happen. He's going to be the head coach at this institution here in, in five to seven Speaking years. Get into okay. existence. But my national champion, I've already elaborated on this a little bit. Go Zags. Mark Few, Suggs, and company. It has got to happen for Mark Few eventually. 2020, 2021 is a weird year, but everyone's going to say at the end of this tournament, Mark Dew finally got it. Ju- Mark Dew. Mark Few, Mountain Dew. He, they finally got it justice, and and they they'll be going home uh, the happy ones. The confetti will be raining down blue, and red, and white, and Gonzaga. I know they're the number one number one seed, but I, I see the Bulldogs going all the way and winning it. And Nate Oates, my cousin Vinny, John Rothstein, once again. That's a fantastic pick, Brendan. I mean, they're just sleeping there on the two line. Yeah, they could easily. Be I would one love this tournament. For, I would love so much for them to be like in a, in where Houston is or Ohio State and have a little bit of an easier road. But I think it'll make it that much better for them. I really like Texas too. It's I'm that game. I'm staring at it right now, unpicked on my bracket. Texas versus Alabama. You know, in the uh, the Sweet Sixteen, but. I think Bama's going to do it. Nate Oates too. He is wearing. He's been wearing a jacket lately. He, he looks he, good. He's in the been. Sport coat, he's. Yeah. You know, call Stung me a little bit. Call him Ranch because he'd be dressing. I like that. I not don't know a, if I like that toddler, as much. But he as throws the, fits. I don't like. I don't know if I like those as much as the full course full full course meal. I know that was fantastic. But yeah. I like the not a toddler, but he throws fits. That's good. My champions, Illinois. Talked love about it, it earlier. I love Brent I love, Underwood. I love. I would assume I love Kofi Coburn. They're all going to be good in the pros. If our predictions, if one of them I was say, were I love to be the true, diversity we have. Like if Gonzaga, Illinois, or Alabama, if one of those three won, as a sports fan, I'd feel really satisfied. So Why I don't think we make we've it, really covered it. Let's make a deal with our listeners right now. They can have the field, and we'll take those three. If deal. if one of those deal. three I'd doesn't win it, that. Yeah. we'll have to do something. We'll, TBA, TBA, we We're will swimming we will, in the red cedar. Yeah, we'll do something. Buzz cuts. Oh, I can't absolutely like that. not. Sloan, <laughs> you are the one that I would peg as like my, you would do it. I love my hair. And, I knew Trent you know, would buzz I would, it. Well, I, I was watching Seinfeld. Dye, dye your hair. I'll dye it. I was watching Seinfeld last night. George Costanza. I actually watched the episode where he got that hair piece and yeah, and, and went out on episode. the date. Great episode. But, 
you know, my family unfortunately has a history of the males losing their hair, so I gotta oh, enjoy so this gotta stuff when I can. It. You guys. gotta keep it when you can. I need to. I need to. I need to make my money. I need to. I need to make. <laughs> it's you know, the money maker. The hair. It is the. It's the money maker right now. You know, I gotta. Uh, you know, you strike when the iron's hot. I gotta strike when the iron's hot. Yeah, this hair. I feel you. Nobody's touching. Well, it. That, that's all right. We'll we'll get our we'll put our heads together here. The Optimus Caucus, as we like to call ourselves, we'll put our heads together here. We'll come up with something. Some Food kind of punishment. challenge. Food challenge. A leg sure. wax. If. Alabama, Gonzaga, or Illinois is not to win the tournament. We will do something wild and crazy, and it will go on Instagram. It will go on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at WDBM Sports. Yeah. It will be up. Hold there. us accountable. We'll figure I'm it out. feeling food challenge. I think a good old fashioned food challenge, oh, one that just is is unbelievably here. tough. I think oh, that'd be fantastic. Here. We'll have to talk. But if unless we have any closing thoughts, hey, we got some guys here who can eat. We got a former swimmer. We got a guy who's taller than both of uh, than the former swimmer and the other Highest the other the other at this university the, the, the washed up athlete behind the microphone right now. I think a food challenge would be just dandy. It I'm might fine. be, but hey, for Luke Sloan and Brennan Bath, I'm Trent Bailey. You've been listening to the Impact Zone. Thanks for staying locked in. It's March. It's madness. And regardless of what Michigan State does against UCLA or perhaps BYU, we will keep it locked in. We will have new episodes for you. So so tell a friend. Like I said, send it to your friends. It's time is the best time of the year. We're enjoying it, and we'll see you next time. Go Gauchos.